to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. If you like our podcast, a thing you could do that would really help us is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can do it, I think, from your phone. If you want to just do the star rating, you can leave us a little review. Um, and uh, every podcast always says this, but it's because it is true. It helps people find the show. Um, it helps us look like a real thing, which, as you know, if you're listening to us, we are a real thing. Um, so if you haven't popped over there and given us uh, a rating, ideally a five-star rating, because we try to bring you that five-star five star styling, um, that would be great. And it really helps us. And it doesn't cost you a thing but your time. Yeah, just click that. Uh, is it a thing where there are, like, five stars and then you have to click all the way through the fifth star? You know, to... I would assume so. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where all of you learn that I have an Android phone. But, uh, <laughs> well. Lots of you do, too, so... Yeah, five um, stars and maybe a little comment and a review. Yeah. It would mean so much to us. Yeah, we love seeing what people write in our reviews. It's uh, It doesn't just fuel our egos. It also fuels yeah. us to, to keep going. Exactly. Um, well, speaking of fuel, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are uh, continuing a series on diet trends. Um, and uh, the reason that uh, I wanted to start this diet trends series is that there's always a new hot diet. Um, Whether it's calling itself a diet or not, there's always something that's new and trendy because that's how um, the diet market works. There's always a new thing that uh, presents itself as like, well, you've tried other stuff before, but this time, this one is going to be the answer. Um, And so uh, I looked at some diets that were trending on Google Trends, um, which is just a way to see like what people are searching for. Um, And so... A lot of these I hadn't heard of, but clearly a lot of other people had uh, because of them appearing in Google Google Trends. So I thought we would take two of the trending diets, talk about what they are, um, where they came from, and uh, then we're going to tell you why you don't need to bother. (laughs) Why not to waste your time and money. Um, So this first one is called the Vertical Diet. And this one, I think I hadn't heard of because I'm not in the, like, bodybuilding CrossFit world. And I would sort of also guess that this gets promoted more to men than women. Mm -hmm. Although CrossFit, I know there are lots of women who do CrossFit. Um, But uh, I had not come across this before. Um, So it was created by bodybuilder Stan Efferding. Had you ever heard of him? I had not. We're obviously not as uh, clicked into the bodybuilding world. Know, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this is popular in the world of CrossFit. Um, and uh, so the vertical diet, I read about this on Pure Wow, and the way they described it is to picture an upside-down T um, where the bottom, the, like, uh, what would normally be the top of the T, but it's upside-down, the foundation, um, is your what they call micronutrients, So that includes milk for people who can tolerate it, vegetables like spinach and carrots, eggs, salmon, and potatoes. Um, But they're not there as, like, your main source of calories. They're there basically to make sure that you get the nutrients that they contain. 
but the main source of calories comes from the vertical part of the T, which is focused on um, red meat and white rice. Um, <laughs> and you're meant to increase the amount of rice, which is going vertical, um, as the days go on. So um, lots of red meat, lots of white rice, um, things that are not included, that you're not that are not on your menu if you're on the vertical diet include wheat, brown rice, beans, um, vegetables that cause a lot of gas, like cauliflower and asparagus. Um, Broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Right, cruciferous things. Um, And and basically the focus is on protein and easy digestion. Um, the, The idea is that this is for people who are like bodybuilding and, um, it claims to optimize gut health correct nutrient deficiencies, uh, and boost energy, stamina, endurance, and recovery. So this one is interesting because it seems like kind of a random assortment. Like, Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts, and I, well, I love these episodes because you and I get to talk about just diet culture yeah. in general, and yeah. just how crazy it is that people come up with um, an idea, and then all of a sudden they can market it and turn it into something, and then all of a sudden everyone jumps on a bandwagon and they think that it will save them, change their lives, change their bodies. Like, oh, this is the answer. And so this is this whole no, this whole vertical diet is very interesting to me for various reasons. Um, I think that. I think it is very interesting. I, I get it. Okay, like beef and white rice, right? It's like <laughs> it's they, the food, it, the it's food just, of our people. Right, it's just, just fine. Like I love white rice. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm Asian. I of course love white rice. What is crazy about this is a few things. My initial instinct was like, there's no fiber in this at all. Yeah, yeah, you're like eliminating fiber and. So this whole notion of this actually helps your gut health by giving you easily digestible foods. Okay, but but there are a lot of things that you are eliminating. And then we know, you and I talk about elimination diets all the time. Like we had a whole episode on orthorexia in which um, an orthorexia is just a, con- uh, just a huge fixation on health and eliminating food groups for the sake of health, but also like the sake of thinness. So this diet, it's just so unresearched and it just sounds like it's some guy's opinion. And yeah. I also want to completely lift off, um, I, like I have friends who are powerlifters and yeah. I, and I do CrossFit and like, I'm going to a CrossFit retreat in like May. Like I love I love everything about it, um, and I get it. Like, you do have to eat differently, and your your nutritional needs and your in- nutritional intuition is just different. It's just a little different when you are in a, in a different athletic space. It, it's, it's just different. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the best word to use is it's just a little bit different in the sense that you are thinking of foods for muscle recovery. So, of course, like white rice, yeah, it's, it's quick energy, um, but brown rice is good, too. And this this diet is eliminating anything that is going to create any type of healthy bowel movement. It's eliminating anything that is going to aid digestion. And I feel like it is just so simple. Like, it's just so simple, but not in a good way. Like <laughs> yeah. Like, it was literally like Maybe there's just, no there there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, some guy. I mean, literally, I think this guy 
made it up. Um, yeah. And yeah. he is not a scientist. He charges $100 for the quote-unquote plan, which is a 50-page PDF that you download directly from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's non-refundable. So no matter what uh, is in the PDF, you've paid your $100 and it's gone. Um, yeah, it, it also, yeah. like, it, it does a thing that we've talked about before, which is it restricts you from eating a lot of really nutrient-dense foods. Yeah, like you have to restrict squash, or no, you have to restrict all of the, there's a vegetable family in which you, you're completely eliminating the nutrients that you would get from that vegetable family. Yeah. Broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, um, and, and uh, what what was the other one? Brussels, Brussels sprouts. sprouts. Yeah. And, amongst, amongst many other ones. You're also encouraged to eliminate beans. Yeah, I think what anything, are diets deals with beans? Beans yeah, are, like, great for my you. My logic is if you just chew your beans, <laughs> you'll fine. be fine. Like, beans have a skin on them. Of course they are going to force your digestive system to work a little bit harder. The irony is, and this is just, like, a big big knowledge bomb I'm going to drop on everyone. If your digestive system is already healthy, if you are sleeping well, if you are eating nutrient-dense foods, if you if your stress levels are low, if you are nurturing yourself in many ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, your body can handle broccoli. <laughs> That's so, not going to so, be the thing that so takes you why, down. So why eliminate broccoli? Why eliminate beans when they're not the issue? Mm-hmm. The issue is your lifestyle as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's your stress levels as a whole. That's what's causing you GI discomfort, human. You know? <laughs> so I, I, assume, um, I assume that with the... Uh, the guy, Stan, who, you know, I have no judgment on this. It's like, hey, the fitness industry is the fitness industry. If it, if it sucks you in, it sucks you in. And it sucked him in. And he, I'm sure, thought that there was opportunity for him to create something mm-hmm. and for him to make money off of this, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing, too, what makes it appealing is he promotes this as the diet to do if you want to build muscle. Like right. if you are male or female and you want to become more physically have more physical prowess, uh, there's there's always like a subconscious part of uh, of a human in which we think that if we change physically it'll change all of our problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case. So I'm just going to say if a guy has issues with insecurities before he packs on a lot of muscle, I'm just going to say he, I'm just going to use men in this example. Um, uh, it's the same with women too, but so he's going to have those same issues, those same insecurities after he puts on all the muscle. And it's the same for if a guy wants to lose weight and he loses a ton of weight, he's still going to have, nothing goes away. Mm-hmm. Like nothing actually changes, you know? So, like, you have to work on your inner self. So, he says this whole thing is all about building muscle and fueling athletic performance. If you are trying to build muscle and strengthen your muscles for good in, for good intentioned reasons, you can you can eat <laughs> beans and brown rice. Yeah. If your digestive system is healthy and if you chew your food. And if you let your saliva start breaking everything down, just eat a little bit slower, you don't need to eliminate, you don't need to eliminate all of this stuff. Totally. You know? And you also, like, so one of the things is, like, this intense focus on red meat. Um, 
like protein is great and we talk all the time about how getting protein is really important but you don't have to get it from red meat that's what's crazy about this is that he is making people believe you can only get it from steak yeah like where where did that come from yeah first of all a cow is a cow is a cow right um, a chick like you know, I always talk about dark meat chicken and white meat chicken. Mm-hmm. It still comes from the same animal, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. So eat the dark meat because if it tastes better to you, it's the same thing. It came yeah. from the same animal. So the thing is, protein comes from so many sources. You can get it from yogurt. You can get it from nuts. You can get it from eggs. You can get it fish. from fish. You can get it from pretty much any any animal, and it doesn't have to be. And then also like. Rice, you can get great carbs from other things, too. Yeah. You know? And and having a variety of foods, like we always talk about eat the rainbow. Like yeah. Part yeah. of the way that you can make sure your body is getting what it needs is by eating a bunch of different things. I think um, diets that try to constrict the number of things you're eating, um, that appeals to people because it feels simple and the rules are clear. But... Um, the fewer things you're eating, the more you're depending on those foods to do. And we just don't know enough about nutrition to trust that we can eat just a couple things yeah. and have it fulfill all of our needs. Yeah. Um, not to mention, uh, this diet makes claims about um, improving people's nutri- nutrient or hormone deficiencies, but people, like, they don't know if we're deficient in those things to begin with. So how could they know if this diet would exactly. fix it? It sounds good, though, right? Of course it's, it sounds good. That's, that's why he says, or that's why mm. they use that in the advertising. Yeah. Because when people do hear, this will this will cure me of my deficiencies, even though that person doesn't even know what their deficiencies are. Right. And then, oh my God, this will balance my hormones. Uh, did this guy meet with you personally? Did he right. run a test on your hormones? Did he check your thyroid? Didn't like? Did he see how high your estrogen? No. This person doesn't even know your hormones. Right. You know? Like, so it's it's... It's wording that is appealing. Totally. Yeah. Um, and yes. we are also not judging anyone if they are on this. Because, like, I also have to say, I myself have gotten sucked into this stuff many times. Yeah. Many times. You know, you and I talk about how, like, you were in bed drinking bone broth <laughs> when your husband was, was out, out of town. town you yes. Know, going, like, we, we are not above. We've Right. We've all, and the reason why we are able to debunk this is because of gaining knowledge about diet culture, gaining knowledge about the psychology of diet culture, and ultimately coming to the understanding that diets don't work. Um, no restriction works, and they only exist for the sake of making someone money, you know? And that being said, like, so on his website, our buddy Stan here says that, like, he's on the diet, his dad is on the diet, his uh, wife is on the diet, and I think a lot of times people, well-intentioned people, think that because something quote-unquote worked for them, it's a good idea in general. Um, And uh, that's not a great way to do science because it's not science. (laughs) Um, And it's also, I mean, people's bodies are really different. Something that someone um, feels really good eating might make someone else feel terrible. Like when I imagine how I would feel if I ate steak and white rice all the time, I, know. I yeah. think I would feel pretty bad. Um, and red meat is actually kind of hard to digest. Like, yeah. you, you yeah. do need to chew that stuff. So, um, just, we're not saying it didn't work, quote-unquote, work for him or his family. But what we're saying is that just because 
someone's had a good experience doesn't mean that it's a good idea for most people. Um, and uh, so if that is someone's primary argument for a diet, be very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the last thing I was going to say is um, about sort of the like easy to digest thing. So I understand if you're like going into a race or a competition not wanting to eat a bunch that's of a, stuff that's, that's hard to digest. Yeah, we've talked about that's actually really good. I'm in glad the, you bring this yeah, up. Yeah, like there are times where in the moment it is a good idea to eat something that's easier on your system mm-hmm. because you're about to go run a half marathon or do, you know, a big swim or whatever. Or if you've been sick and yeah. your mm-hmm. digestive system is just kind of waking up because you had some crazy cold or flu or stomach bug and, right. yeah, you were drinking soup for, like, three days. Yeah, yeah, totally. There are times when it makes sense to give your digestive system a little bit of a break. But just because that is true doesn't mean you need to eat that way all the time. And it probably won't even feel right to eat that way all the time. There are plenty of times where it's fine to make your digestive system work. That's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Your digestive system is telling you something all the time. And you're right. If you're running a marathon or a half marathon the next day... Don't eat a head of broccoli for breakfast. Don't eat a head of broccoli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that is when we do say to eat, eat quick, quick carbs. Mm-hmm. And Like a lot of people eat oatmeal as their yeah, like rice oatmeal, day breakfast. like rice, pasta the night before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you're right. That's a totally kind of situational type thing for an event. You know, I was thinking like, oh, maybe Stan... <laughs> eats this before a competition and I was like oh wait no this is what he eats all the time because it worked for him right. therefore uh, it it's must always work and for everyone for everyone else yeah yeah. so that's the thing to look out for in general is stuff that is intended to be specifically for um, training and competition that then someone has extended to all the time mm-hmm. and it, it's just not necessary you just yeah, don't need it you exactly. guys exactly yeah uh, no, and so and and then it, he also says no coffee, no onions. Uh, what a no, sad life. No garlic. Yeah. No, no onions, no garlic. No Forget it. Yeah. No no beans. I, I know it's, it's just. So Daphne, should I take it that we are not about to go vertical? <laughs> we are not going vertical. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to our our second trendy diet of the episode, um, and this one uh, I was more likely to come across because it's the kind of thing that shows up in Us Weekly. Not that I read Us Weekly, um, but if I did, um, I may have come across the Plant Paradox Diet. So this one has some interesting, tricky stuff. So this was a diet founded by Dr. Stephen Gundry, so it's also known as the Gundry Diet. And this guy is not a quack. He's a former heart surgeon. He conducted medical research in the 90s. He was a pioneer in infant heart transplant surgery. So this is a guy who, like, you know, has a medical degree and practices in the field and, like, has done some great stuff. So he published a book called The Plant Paradox in 2017. Um, And it um, is based, it's a diet book, um, and it focuses on avoiding a plant protein um, uh, called, or plant, this family of plant proteins called lectins, um, which he claims cause inflammation leading to disease and weight gain. Um, And lectins are a protein that are part of the defense system that some plants have to try and keep animals, including humans, from eating them. Um, And uh, that includes um, gluten is a kind of lectin, um, but it also is, um, lectins are found in all nightshades, 
which um, includes potatoes, peppers, uh, eggplants, goji berries, and tomatoes. Um, so if you have heard of like Tom Brady doesn't eat nightshades, uh, this is part of that um, kind of idea. Um, and the diet also restricts refined starches and sugars, some nuts and seeds, most fruits, whole grains, and a lot more. Like there's a lot, it's pretty Cashews. restrictive. Yeah. Um, and, Seeds, uh, nuts. yeah. Yeah. Um, what it costs. The book is like 15 bucks. Um, and there are a lot of resources online. This doesn't seem like one where it's like you have to buy your way in to follow along. Um, but some of the recommended products are pretty expensive, including the focus on grass-fed meat and dairy substitutes, um, both of which are, I don't have any problem with grass-fed meat or dairy substitutes, but um, it is a place where you can rack up a grocery bill pretty fast. Um, so the real reason people know about the plant paradox diet, no offense to Dr. Gundry, it's because of Kelly Clarkson. She lost a whole bunch of weight doing yep, this. She yeah. lost a bunch of weight doing it. Um, although, of course, as so often happens, um, she when she talked about it, she talked about it not as an attempt to lose weight, but as an attempt to manage a thyroid condition and autoimmune stuff. Um, and this is a thing that gets talked about a lot with thyroid issues and autoimmune issues is like a lot of people go off gluten trying to um, affect those things, um, trying to decrease inflammation in general. I actually had a doctor suggest to me that I um, try going off gluten because of a thyroid issue. Um, and then, like, isn't it fun for Kelly Clarkson? She just happened to lose a whole bunch of weight, which then she was widely congratulated for in the media. Because, she was praised for it. Yeah. yeah she, society she, praises weight loss. And yeah. she is a celebrity who has vacillated in weight a lot in the public eye and has, uh, there's been a lot, she's gotten a lot of attention for her weight going up and down. Mm-hmm. Um so when it went down and she was like, this is why, everyone, it got very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about why it's appealing. Oh, man. So this one is so much more complex. And this is totally. such a juicy one to dig into, like pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's one of my pet peeves in a funny way is when people describe stretches as anything food related, juicy, yummy, Delicious. I, I hate that. Huh. Like, my skin crawls. Ooh. Like, it makes me, like, ah. But, anywho, but this is juicy. <laughs> yeah. But this is, this is, this is juicy. And, um, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. And this one's definitely more complicated. Because it, there is a bit of a health component to it. hmm And, uh, and, and essentially, like, gluten has really been demonized a lot. I would say in the last five years or so, I feel like lectin is becoming the next gluten. Mm-hmm. Question. So with the plant paradox, so I, I've done my research, and I'm just curious as to what you researched. Mm-hmm. In his book, does he market it as like a health thing, like for gut health, or does he market it as a weight loss? I think it is primarily marketed as a way to treat autoimmune and thyroid problems, Mm-hmm. And then if weight loss happens, it's like okay. a happy accident. Totally. Okay. So here's what I have to say about everything that's happening right now. This is com- this is complicated. Mm-hmm. It's really complicated. Because it's not just lies. We are in a slippery place where you're right. It's actually not just lies. So there is actually research that, that I have read about this whole situation. 
with electins, okay? Um, research that has been conducted for a long time, scientific studies, and there is also research in regards to like gluten and thyroid stuff. And that um, the body, uh, in terms of thyroid conditions, and the reason why I bring this up is because like I do have thyroid stuff going on. And, yeah, so like, you know, Hashimoto's in which your body is attacking your thyroid because it thinks for some reason um, there's like an issue with it. And um, something involving gluten, the, the, the thyroid antibodies, they don't know the difference between gluten in your body and your thyroid. And so it just attacks and attacks and attacks and inflames and inflames and inflames. Even if you are consuming gluten, it like doesn't know the difference between the gluten and your thyroid, something along those lines. Um, the whole thing with the lectin. Okay. These vegetables that have created this type of defense mechanism so that animals wouldn't eat them and maybe why they give the taste that they do. I, I feel like some of the lectin, um, the lectin containing foods might be, maybe some of them are kind of bitter. Some aren't, but some are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like from a, from a research point of view, okay, like, yeah, it does make sense that from an evolutionary standpoint that plants were trying to create a way to protect themselves. In my mind, that's why I'm like, well, that's why broccoli is so bitter if you eat it raw. Uh, you know, and I always joke about how if you're serving a crudite platter, steam your broccoli. Like, just don't <laughs> serve just raw broccoli. Because then in order to make it palatable, you have to... Dunk like, it in ranch. Yeah, yeah, which is totally fine. But mm -hmm. it's even better if it's steamed and dunked in ranch. <laughs> so, but then the thing is, the second you cook broccoli, it changes the entire makeup of it. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, let's use my intuition. If that is palatable, then maybe that's how it should be eaten. Um, versus, you know, when I was younger and I would just force myself to eat raw broccoli because I thought that that's what you had to do. So all of a sudden you have these so-called common, like healthy foods, tomatoes, like good whole grain bread, beans, cashews, which I've learned are not nuts, but they're seeds. Um, so, which I didn't realize. And, um... Things that we are taught to eat, and I have this inkling that people with like any health issue out there, they're like, oh, my energy levels are lower, I have chronic fatigue, or I have quote unquote inflammation, uh, which is a real thing. Like there are ways to there are ways to help have your nutrition aided so that the inflammation does get reduced by mm -hmm. adding more things into your diet. Um, so what I will say is, in terms of all this, it's, it's telling us to essentially eliminate things that we have known to be good for us for a really long time. And then what gets slippery is then there's a human out there who just might be having issues mm -hmm. with what I don't know, anything, life, joints, um, digestion, mm -hmm. energy levels, fatigue, mood, and they are going to read one of the thousands of books that get gets published every day on health and they are going to think that this is the answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the answer. I'm going to place all responsibility on this book. I'm going to place all responsibility on this doctor and I'm going to believe everything he says. And then I'm going to believe that this will fix me. Right. This is the, this magic. is the answer. 
this is the answer. From a health standpoint, there is a difference between trying things from a nutritional standpoint, like really for the sake of health, like if there is some major health distress in your gut and your energy, if something is just not right, playing around with food things, if done carefully, that can be okay. Mm -hmm. If for any subconscious reason, there is the hope that this will also just happen to make you thin, then you need to stop it right there. And also, right if, then if you're not doing it at the recommendation and in the um, in teamwork with a doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, I think so. So, you know, this is that's it's, another thing too. When trying something to aid with the meet with a functional doctor, yeah, meet with a just meet with a functional. I have one. Her name is Robin Randisi. Just like go go to her website right now and schedule a session with her. And she figures out exactly what's going on with your body. And a, a, even a, a really good regular doctor mm-hmm. will. Because if you are trying, and I'm going to use my husband as an example, and I've used him as an example many times. You know, he has Crohn's, and there are some dietary things that really are crappy for him. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that do make him feel a lot better. That is so different than doing something with the hope that maybe it'll make me lose weight in addition to solving all of my life's problems and I'm going to have glowing hair and skin and all of my pain is going to go away and my lower back is going to feel great and then I'm going to get a boyfriend, I'm going to get a girlfriend and then this yeah. this plant paradox book will fix my life. That's what we have to be um, that's what we have to be cognizant of. When it comes to elimination diets. <sighs> this is uh, this is obviously an elimination diet. If um, if someone tries this, it can lead to orthorexia so fast. Totally, because it does what we've talked about so many times, which is it creates good and bad foods, and then it is ortho like this yeah. is orthorexic behavior. And it yeah. um, it says that like you're only like you are having problems because of these foods. So then, if you ever like slip up, then you're like hurting yourself. Um, yeah. And then yeah. you feel, like, crap about yourself if you do, quote-unquote, slip up or have a cheat yeah. day or a treat day or, or oh, if you accidentally ingested something that was... Then all of a sudden, you psychosomatically are going to tell yourself, oh, no, I ate a cashew. Right. So um, I screwed myself over it, and now my stomach hurts, and now my skin's breaking. Like, you're going to create it yourself. Of course. You know? Yeah. So another thing, too, if you do have, like, true food allergies... There are tests that you can just do. Like, yeah. just go and get a test done. Right. I did. Yeah. And I found out some two very valuable things. I am allergic to amaranth, and I'm allergic to sesame seeds. And guess what? I just don't eat amaranth. And then I realized that it's actually true. Because mm. when I do get something with amaranth in it, because Trader Joe's has amaranth in everything, uh-huh. <laughs> like, which is fine because it's like a healthy grain. Right. Um, just I not I always you. notice my chin breaks out in hives, and I always thought... I never put two and two together. I would just always think that, oh, my chin just broke out in hives because maybe I touched my face and maybe I had something on my hands or maybe it's my skin's really dry or maybe I touched a plant and I'm like made (laughs) stuff up. I never thought that it had had, had anything. Right. Who would think of amaranth? now I just know. Don't eat amaranth. Right. Right? Some of this I think is that people would rather buy a $15 book and change their entire 
diet than go to the doctor. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? And I understand that a lot of people don't like doctors for a variety of reasons. Um, but if, if you truly are concerned about your health, if you truly are concerned about an autoimmune condition or a thyroid problem, you really need to be working on that with a doctor. Something else to say about thyroid is um, one of the things I was reading about this diet was talking about how just how common it is for women to have thyroid problems. It's extremely common. Yeah. Um, and so it's not that something's wrong with you or you're, like, super broken. Um, lots of people have thyroid stuff, and they don't all have to cut out, um, you know, lectins mm-hmm. to fix it. But, like, you probably should go to a doctor and make sure totally. that you're being taken care of. Um, by someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a relatively painless process for me uh, since I started seeing someone, seeing an endocrinologist. Um, so, yeah. Um, be very wary of any plan that tells you to cut out whole fruits and vegetables. That's, yeah. like, the fact that this plan is, like, avoid nearly all fruits, like, that's a that's a clue mm-hmm. that, like, this isn't something you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, Anytime an entire food group has to be taken out, it, it's, it's not sustainable. No. That's not sustainable. Um, and it's back to what we were talking about with the vertical diet, that, like, eating a variety of things is how you make sure you get the nutrients you need. Yeah. Um, another, uh, talking about sort of the studies about lectins, um, so there are no human studies linking dietary lectins with harmful immune response in healthy people. What the studies um, that I read about were mostly test tube studies, and it was adding, like, pure lectins to a test tube. Um, So we don't know, we don't actually have evidence that when consumed in food by healthy people, lectins are a problem. Um, In a lot of ways, like, humans have evolved to eat broccoli. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, initially... um, it wasn't good for us, but, like, we've evolved, um, and isn't that great? Mm-hmm. So um, be wary of the stuff that cl- talks about the studies about lectins because a lot of nutrition science isn't about, like, eating um, nutrients in the context of foods. It's based on test tube science, and the body is just a lot more complicated than a test tube. Yeah. Um, another thing is, um, so... Uh, I I read some uh, RDs talking about Kelly Clarkson's experience, and um, one of the big things that this diet cuts out is processed food. And they said, yeah, like, any diet where you stop eating processed foods, many people will lose weight and have good results because processed foods are kind of the one thing that most um, registered dietitians are going to agree are, like, not the most nutritious choice. Mm -hmm. And so any diet that involves cutting out those things, we've talked about this with Whole30 and with, like, so many other diets, is, like, yeah, I mean, cutting out those things, probably you're going to see changes if they're a big part of your diet. But that's something that you can do in a moderate way, in a way that is gradual, um, in a way that doesn't involve also giving up fruit. Yeah, in Um, a way that doesn't feel restrictive. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, And in a way that doesn't mean, like, no more French fries ever. Um, But... uh, you know, if if you are looking to make changes in how you eat, looking at how much processed food you eat is a great place to start, as long as we're not saying, like, you know, you never get to eat another Dorito, mm-hmm. because guess what? You're going to eat another Dorito. Yeah, and you are going to crave whatever it is you restrict. The psychology of restriction is very profound and powerful and real. 
and the second you eliminate anything, it's human psychology and it's human nature. You are going to crave it. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, oh, so even when it comes to like the like um, processed foods, like preserved foods. So let's do some examples, like um, just normal cereals, pop tarts. Cookies, yeah, crackers, you know, just just things that, that we all eat in day-to-day life. We can find other replacements for them while not eliminating all of them so much that it affects us on a deep psychological restrictive level mm-hmm. and going for better choices that are still, that are um, just as, if not more, satiating than the processed food. Uh, I, I think that, I think that it's... Uh, I, I think that finding the balance between am I doing this for health or am I doing this for weight loss, I think that's the, the first question to ask yourself. I think that that's the first question to ask yourself. And then I also offer to everyone, if you have any history, even the slightest semblance of history of any type of disordered eating behavior, disordered eating patterns, if you've been dieting, dieting history, diet history, dieting mm-hmm. your whole life since you were a teenager, going on diets with your mom, going on diets with your friends, um, if you have, and then if, especially if you have had eating disorders, yeah. you don't, um, this is sometimes these things that are, that are displayed on the internet and in books as health. Unfortunately, they can be so triggering for people who are recovering because there, there's, there, it, it can create a feeling of, oh, I need to do that. And then yeah. all of a sudden the restrictive behavior and the obsession and the compulsion can be triggered and it can start all over again. Totally. So in this type of scenario, specifically with the plant paradox, my kind of takeaway thoughts are if you are having major issues with like joint pain and inflammation and um, gut health, you need to see a functional doctor. Yeah. You need to see a functional doctor and they will figure out what's going on. Um, be very careful about eliminating anything and find out if you're actually allergic to something mm-hmm. before you're, you just go and eliminate it. Yeah. If you're really allergic to something, like I can just not eat amaranth. Do I feel restricted at all? Hell no. Right. Like it's just amaranth, right? <laughs> like, like what is an amaranth even? Right. Right. So, but if on the way there, instead of taking that test, you decided to like give up all gluten forever, like that's a much bigger impact on your life. Yeah, um, I have so many thoughts on that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so some of the gluten-free products out there are garbage. Yeah, I mean they're processed foods. Gar- garbage, <laughs> absolute garbage that you just should not eat. So, yeah. Are we going to go on the plant paradox diet, <laughs> Daphne? No, I think uh, I think you do not need to go on the plant paradox diet. I think there are a lot of other ways that you can enhance and improve your health. And I think that um, when it comes to living an overall better quality of life, food is just such a small part of it, too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see your doctor. Yeah. Um, if you find yourself thinking of buying a book instead of seeing your doctor, see your doctor. If you don't have a doctor, let's, like, talk about how to find a good doctor. <laughs> um, let us know. We'll, like, help you find one. Um, see someone who's an actual doctor, not someone who's, like, a um, basically, like, diet salesperson dressed up as a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, because your health is worth it, and you deserve to feel good 
um, you deserve it so much that you should see someone who can actually help you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, to do a takeaway, we're not doing the vertical diet or the plant paradox diet. That's basically the no, takeaway. No need. Uh, instead, we're going to eat a variety of nutritious foods. We're going to keep whole fruits and vegetables in our diets. Um, we're not going to demonize foods as good or bad. Um, and, you know, we're just going to live our freaking lives. Amen to that. <laughs> Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.